welcome to the Prism of Torah podcast archive with your host, Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This podcast features a Devatara called Parsha's Truma, Optical Illusion of Giving. In our Parsha it says, Vayikhuli Truma. HaKadosh Buchu requests Bnei Israel to bring a donation for the construction of the Mishkan. As we all know, the Mishkan is the equivalent of the base of Mikdash, the temple, during their times in the desert. So it's interesting. The question is, it says, Vayikhulituma, take for me an offering. And really, it shouldn't be take for me, it should be bring for me. Why does it say take, Vayikhulituma? It should have said, Vayitznulituma. Moreover, the obvious question, number two, is HaKadosh Buchu, as we know, Hashem is the master of the universe. He doesn't really need anyone to give anything for his place of dwelling. So why is it that he's requesting all these different types of materials from humans to help construct his Mishkan, his base of Mikdash in the desert? But the obvious answer is that the whole purpose of the contribution was not to give it was to get, meaning HaKadosh Baruch wanted to give an opportunity to everyone to be part of building this place of dwelling for Hashem, for HaKadosh Baruch And that's why, indeed, it is not to give, but to take. By anyone that's giving, he's actually taking. The Nasim, who are the heads of the tribes, when the way they responded to the call of contribution was that they said, which seemed to be a very nice thing to do, they said, we will give anything that is left to give after Bnei Israel give everything they, they give. But, and indeed they did end up giving very expensive stuff. They were left to bring the precious stones for their food and the choshen, oil and spices for the incense, and from the menorah, etc. So, why is it that later on in Parashas Vayakhel, we see that they were actually, HaKadosh Buch was upset at them, and hence, in a certain sense, they were censored because it says their name was missing a letter. It's, it said Nesi'im over there without the Yud. That usually, when their names is their name is or Nesi'im is written, it's written with the Yud. Over there, it's written without the Yud. So, what is so bad about what they did? They said, "We'll give anything that's left." It seemed like they they did a very good thing, and indeed, they ended up bringing expensive stuff. So, what was their sin? And the answer to that is the same idea we just said previously. Because they misunderstood on a certain level the whole purpose of giving. There was no really deficit that was needed to be made up. HaKadosh Buhu didn't need them to give. The giving was an opportunity for them to self-develop themselves and to purify their soul and to get closer to HaKadosh Buhu. Because this is a, a huge way of mimicking HaKadosh Buhu, like we know that we need to try to be like Hashem as much as we can. Hashem is always all about giving. And so too here we had a chance to give, not only to give to Bnei Sel, but to give to HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. The Gemara in Baba Basra, the Afyudah brings a story with the wicked, the Rasha Tonosophus. He spoke to Rabbi Akiva and he said, if your God really loves the poor so much, why doesn't he provide them? And Rabbi Akiva answered him, of course he could easily provide for the poor, but he chose to give us the merit of giving tzedakah to, to save us from any potential punishment we can have in Olam Haba. The same reason, the Midrash Rabbah, Midrash Anrut, Megillat Rut, it says that the poor man does for the rich more than the rich does for the poor. Meaning, everything is an optical illusion. It looks like we're helping the poor person, but indeed, the opposite is more true to be said. When Naomi asked Ruth to provide 
to to go get food from to go get food from the fields like a poor person is allowed to do. We have mitzvahs of leaving certain certain stuff on the on on in the field. Then she came back and she said the following: The man I did for today was named Boaz. But Boaz the one is the one that provided her. Rather, she obviously looked at things that Hashem could provide her. But Hashem decided to provide her through Boaz. The fact she was willing to take from Boaz's field, it's a chance she gave Boaz to be godlike, and hence she was the one giving to Boaz. In light of this, we can also understand the Rambam. The Rambam, when he the, his commentary on the mission on Pirti Avlis, it says, all is judged according to the number of deeds. What does that mean? The Rambam explains that it is better to give one dollar of charity a hundred times as opposed to giving a hundred dollars in a one-time shot. Why? Because there are more actions that we do that are godlike. Obviously, once again, we see the idea of giving is more for us than actually the receiving side. It's interesting that the word in Hebrew, Natan, is one of, to give, is one of the few words that if you read it left to right or right to left, it's the same. It's written in the same same way. And perhaps it's because it's to show this idea that when you give, you actually get. So so you see, once again, in, in Lashon HaKodesh, that there's a lot of hints in each word. The Chafetz Chaim takes this idea also that it's not only giving to the poor people, but it's also giving to support Torah, Torah, people that learn Torah, to institutions, etc. As he explains, uh, the Pasuk in Mishlei, which literally means, it is a tree of life for those who grasp it, and its supporters are praiseworthy. But really, interestingly enough, in Hebrew, the word can mean two things. It means to support, people that support Torah, and to cling or to grasp to something. And he wants to say the following. It's on purpose. It means these two things because only a person that realizes when he gives a person and supports him or gives a poor person, I mean, here we're talking about Torah. When he gives to support a Torah institution or to a person learning Torah, if he realizes that it's in the merit of that that he's being saved, only then he reaches, he gets what the Pasuk says, that it'll be a tree of life for him. Meaning all, only they will merit that Torah, that there will be like a tree of life for them. The Chafet Chaim didn't just say this, but he acted this. Because once he was approached by a very wealthy person, and he said, Listen, any operating expenses for yeshiva in Randin, I want to take care of. But he politely refused and said, I'm sorry, I cannot permit you to monopolize everything, because the merit of supporting my yeshiva, it's not fair that it all goes to you, and deprive others of this, of this opportunity. The similar idea, similar idea we see in the Ark, the Avon HaKodesh, that was moved from place to place. It had poles on it for people to hold. It's called the Badim. And the Avon HaKodesh represented the Torah. And we see that even the things that just helped the Avon HaKodesh, that supported it and enabled it to be carried from place to place, they also had the same level of holiness of Kedusha as the Torah itself. From here we learn that the people that support Torah are intrinsic part to the Torah itself. There's no difference between the Torah people that learn Torah and the people that support them. However, it's more than that, because Chazal teach us that when, when the people who carried the Aaron from one place to another by holding on to those poles, it actually miraculously lifted them. So once again, you see the idea that you think you're giving, but you're getting. Meaning, there's an optical illusion, and this you can see in many facets in life. We're just talking about one of them. When you give to support someone or give a poor person, then you think you're giving, but indeed, 
you're getting, and we'll see that in Oilam Abba, how true this really is. In light of this, I want to answer the, one of the first questions we asked. Why were the Nisim punished? So we answered the Nisim were punished because they missed the idea that they're actually getting, they're not giving. But it's even more beautiful than that. Because the word Nisim, usually, as I mentioned earlier, is spelt with a Yud. And you know what Nisim means? With a Yud, it also means to carry. But when it's written without a Yud, it can be read differently as Nisaim. Now that you don't have the Yud there, it can be read, it's the same letters, but it can be read Nisaim. Which means those that are carried. And this is exactly what symbolizes their mistake. They thought they're giving, but their mistake was that Kaddish Bukhu is hinting to them, no, don't you get it? It's not a matter that you're giving. It's more than that. You're getting. And if you miss that, you miss the boat. And that's why you're getting punished on a certain level why they were censored. I'd like to end with a true story. And there are several stories like this that I know. One is about my Rav. But I want to share with you a story about a yeshiva that was started by someone by the name of Rabbi Lezel Golden. He was the founder of the Telshe Yeshiva, and he was totally supported by his father-in-law, Rabbi Avram Yitzchak Neviezer, because they wanted him to be able to totally devote himself to Torah, to learning, and to develop into a gadol, a big person. But as his family began to grow, obviously, there was a lot more financial burden, and still, the father-in-law said, I don't want to give up, I want to support. I want to support our son-in-law and our daughter so that he can continue to learn. He did receive, the Rebbeleza Golden that founded the yeshiva, he did receive all the time various rabbinical positions, but his father-in-law said, please don't take it, I want you to continue learning. Even the, mother, even the, the mother-in-law said, how long are we going to support them? But the, the father-in-law said, he said, who knows who's supporting who over here? After after a couple of years, he had no choice but to take the Rosh Yeshiva had no choice. The founder of the Yeshiva had no choice but to take a rabbinical position. And the second they left to that city, which was in the city of Aishishok, then his father-in-law was Niftar on that day. He passed away that day. Rabavo Mitzchok. It then became clear who had been supporting whom, and I saw the same. Held true, my uh, my my Rav of Itzchak Kamenitz Shlita. He told me a similar story that they were taking care of his mother and she was at their home, and it wasn't easy. But then she passed away, and they were very happy to do the Chesed. And his wife said, "I'm so scared. What can happen now that we don't have this huge Chesed that we were able to do until now?" And indeed, their family went through something very difficult as their son-in-law passed away in a, in a, he drowned in a, in the Yam in Ashdod. It's a huge Talmud Chacham. In any case, Yiratzon, that we take this idea and we realize that sometimes things are not the way they look, they seem to be. There's many optical illusions. And when we give someone, be it a poor person, be it to support Torah, we must realize that we're actually receiving. Good Shabbos. This is the Prism of Torah podcast. Dramasaf Aaron Prisman. Please share with your friends and family. PrismaofTorah.com is where you can find the full archive of Divri Torah. You can contact us through the website. Once again, PrismaofTorah.com This podcast was produced for free by Ellie Podcast Production. Lunishmas, Leibas, Yonah, Yaakov Alexander, Ben Mordechai Toyev, Yitzhak Isaac, Ben Moshe.